Shall we begin? Happy New Year's, everybody. Welcome back to the Franklin Francisco podcast. I hope everybody had a safe and enjoyous New Year. Um, on today's episode, we have our first guest. She is a 22-year-old author and poet from South Carolina. She has been writing for almost 10 years. Her short story, The Story I Needed, was published as a children's book in December of 2018. Her debut self-published poetry collection, Dandelion Queen, was released December of 2020. So I'd like to let, introduce everybody to my guest. Her name is Pollock Trevetti. How are we doing, Pollock? Doing great. Thank you for having me. And yeah, happy for new year. sure, for sure. So how was your New Year's? It was great. I spent it with one other friend. It was a chill night in. We watched The Great Gatsby, getting ready for the 20s again, you know. Um, so you watched the Leo? The yes, Leo version the Leo of The Great one. Gatsby? Yep, yep. Okay. It was so okay. good. Um, and yeah, just had a chill night in, drank some gin and tonics, uh, and that was it. <laughs> awesome. So we have you in here today because we want to talk about your book. Yes. So for all the folks that don't know you, please explain to them who you are. For sure. What your passion is when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, in general, my passion for writing is like everywhere. So I um, started writing about 10 years ago. Um, it started just as a way of releasing emotions, talking about things that I didn't, well, writing about things that mm-hmm. I didn't know how to talk about essentially. So, um, and from there, it kind of grew into something I was even more passionate in. Um, it grew from being just nonfiction poetry to fiction and short stories and stuff like that. Um, and so over the years, I curated like a collection of poetry um, that had to do with, you know, my childhood and heartbreak and just the way I used to view the world and things like that. And so I started noticing like a common thread amongst a lot of them. And so that's kind of how Dandelion Queen started to get um, traction there. So are you targeting any specific um, group of people with this particular book or is it just for the masses in general? Um, I would love to say that it's for the masses in general because I think it talks about identities that maybe others don't know about or have not experienced. And I think it's really important to like show other people what it's like to be Indian American, what it's like to be a woman, what it's like to be um, a granddaughter and a daughter and all these other um, identities that um, I associate myself with. So I would say it's for everybody, but I think it definitely has more to do with people who are of the Indian American identity or, or are women that grew up in that well, that, I mean, that's deep. That's a beautiful thing that you want to, you. you know, have that out there for people. But when it comes to the to the book, um, the emotions that you put on the page, because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I read some of the pages that were in there, and it's a lot of strong emotions that you have. Yeah. Where does that come from for you? Where where are you reaching for for that? For the Did you have experiences that made you feel the way you feel to be able to put that on pen and paper? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It all came from moments of vulnerability moments where I felt like I can't keep this in anymore like I need to find a way to come to terms with what I'm feeling and understand what it really is that I'm feeling so it all comes from just these moments of like I can't stand to just think about this anymore I need Mm -hmm. to get it out so so as growing up as an Indian American Mm -hmm. so right right 
from the jump, we're behind the eight ball. See, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Hispanic. Right. So we're both minorities, but you're a minority and you're a woman. Yes. So um, in Indian culture, um, we it's a lot of the same similarities when it comes to Spanish culture. You mm-hmm. know, the, the wife is supposed to be, yep. you know, submissive to the husband and, you know, supposed to take care of the kids. But you are an American. Mm-hmm. You're an Indian, but you're an Indian American. So when you went back to India, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've gone back to India, um, how did they treat you? Was there a bit of a difference on, on the culture, on how they saw you? Because with me, like, when I go to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. they look down on me because I wasn't born on the island. Right. So it's it's a bit of a topsy-turvy when I go over there. You mm-hmm. know, oh, they look at me, oh, you Puerto Rican, but you're not really yep, Puerto Rican. Yep, yep, yeah. Absolutely. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, it's like, what's the term? Diaspora? Of, like, uh, people who are of a certain identity yeah. but weren't born and raised where that identity is. Um, so I definitely had felt that for sure because um, even like with the language barrier, I speak Hindi and I speak Gujarati, which is uh, like our mother tongue there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't speak it like a native. So that was definitely something my cousins would harp on me about. I was like, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's the American it's the American version of it. It's the, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle being any kind of hyphenated identity because you feel like you don't fully fit in in both places. You know what I mean? So like as an American, sometimes you feel too Indian. And as an Indian, you feel sometimes too American. Um, but in terms of being in India, I think, you know, not only is it just culturally, it's, it's a bit patriarchal, but also, um, I'm a new generation, I think. And that has a lot to do with, uh, me and my generation being more liberal and a little bit more progressive in a lot of those things. So they definitely don't take you seriously because of that. They definitely think that they are in the right sometimes when it comes to, yeah, like you need to get married at this time. You need to be this way or that way. Um, so it, it was a little bit of a struggle going there and, and seeing that kind of thing. But at the same time, I see that a lot here too. Um, so I think it's about like who you hang out with and who you value. So you, you pulled some of your experiences for that and put it into the book as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of that emotion you have, you put on the page. Um, it, sometimes it can be a struggle to get that, get that on pen and paper. So I've worked on several books. Right. Um, I've gotten four or five chapters in. Gotcha. I like to say I have what we call adult ADHD. Uh-huh. So my mind races all the time. So I'll that. start a project and won't finish it. So people don't understand how extremely difficult it is oh to start a book and finish it. You have yeah. to do the first draft. Then you have to go back in and get it edited. Then you have to go back in and do the second draft. Go yep. back in and get it edited. And the fact that you were able to get this book self-published and the book is doing well. Which is, you know, congratulations to you. Thank it's, you so it's, much. You know, yeah. success, all the success in the world to you. This is a point of what we're doing with the show. We want to showcase people who are multi-talented like you. It's Thank just you. not one aspect of your life. You you want to do multiple things with yourself. Absolutely. You're also in school. Am I correct? Yes, I'm currently in a gap year, just trying to push my writing out. But yeah, I am in school. So what are you majoring in? Um, so far English with a minor in screenwriting. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. eventually you want to try to get into the movie business. I would love that. I think it would be so cool to write something and then see it like visually on a screen. Yeah. I'm a visual learner. I that's how I like. Um, I'm the same way. So when I when I start writing my books, I look at things as if it was a movie. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's hard to it's hard to visualize that stuff mm-hmm. and then put it on paper and it looks the same. Exactly. Oh my <laughs> god, you get it. It's it's such a struggle and that's why I struggle with starting projects sometimes mm-hmm. because I see it clearly in my head and I'm like, I don't know if I can translate it exactly the, the right way into writing sometimes, you know? So 
I get that. So with this book that you came out with, um, how long did it take you to write the book? How long did it take you to publish the book mm-hmm. um, to get everything you needed to get it out there so it can be uh, uh, published on you? Because you, you're not with a company. You did this all by yourself. Yes. You put yeah. the book out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, And you're actually shipping the books out yourself right now, right? Yes, I am. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. It, uh, took, it's basically taken me 10 years to get this book ready because it's a culmination of so much writing that I did as a kid and as a young adult, um, all coming together. It's been rewritten so many times it started and then failed and been thrown away so many (laughs) times. Uh, the title has changed like too many times to count. Um, so it's been a very long, long process, but I think that, um, closer to, I would say 2018 when, um, that first story got published was when I realized, okay, maybe I can do this. <laughs> you know, that was the first win. That was the first validating, um, thing that happened where I was like, okay, so maybe I can actually publish something. Um, and so from then I started to write a little bit more seriously and a little bit more, um, focused. And that's when, um, I started to get the idea of what Mm -hmm. I wanted this book to be. And then I think it was 2019 when I definitively knew what direction I wanted to take it in. Um, And during the pandemic in 2020, when I really finished all the content that I wanted. So one benefit for you was the pandemic because it kept you, kept you indoors. So it forced you to to pretty much, you know, get on track and and get the the book finished. Absolutely. Uh, The pandemic was great and also terrible in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On one hand, uh, it definitely forced me to sit down and write every single day because what else am I supposed to do? Um, On the other hand, I think writing really comes from inspiration. Um, and it's really hard to be inspired when you're in your house, uh, and not able to go out. <laughs> I, I tell you what, this, it's been an issue for like that me as well. Cause yeah. we've been, I've been home the whole week, um, uh, from, from a job. Right. And, but it's it, me being home actually gave me the opportunity to get home, get all this stuff going that I wanted to do before the end of the year. Right. Um, and the result of that is me having you here right now doing yeah. this interview, which is a, a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So how supportive were your parents when it came to this? Because like I said, in Indian culture, you know, they want you to get your education. They want yeah. you to get a good paying job, you know, become a doctor or engineer. Yeah. So how supportive were your mother and father when it came to you producing this book? For sure. Uh, let me be careful. They will listen to this. <laughs> um, I would say that they are a lot more supportive than I thought they would be. Okay. Um, I I mean, at first there was pushback, obviously. I mean, being a writer is a very, uh, you know, it's a risky thing to do. Um, so they were very concerned and for the right reasons. They wanted to make sure I was um, taking on something that was steady and that could support me. Um, but once I really convinced them that, you know what, I, let me just try, let me just see how far I can take it. That's when things really started to change. Um, and my mom, you know, she's amazing. She, at at any opportunity she gets, she's like, well, I know this person, they can help you with this. That's how we met. Um, she's like, well, I can do this or I can do that. Um, and she's like, once you get rich, I can be your, <laughs> I can be your financial advisor. I'm like, all right, that sounds good. <laughs> but that's awesome. Having supporting parents makes oh, yeah. things even easier for you. Me, I'm 41 years old and mm-hmm. my mother's all for what I'm doing right now. That's amazing. Um, which is great because, you know, I still work, you know, 40 hour job, but I want to at some point try to make this a full time thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like everything else, it takes time. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. took you, it took you 10 years to get to this point where you are, yeah. um, with this particular book that you're working on. So where can they find this book? 
Yeah, so it's on my website. It's Um, It should be under my shop page um, if you go on there. So it'll be there. Um, it is published on Amazon, but uh, Amazon does like to take cuts. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So what was the process for people who don't know that want to be self-published authors, that want to yeah. be able to publish this book but don't have necessarily the funds that it would take? Let's say if you wanted to go to a publisher that actually takes the book and publish it for you. Yeah. What does it take? What are the, some of the steps that you would need to be able to do this for some of our listeners that actually want to go out there and take that next step to be a, a published author themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely, there's two ways to do this. There's traditional publishing, mm-hmm. there's self-publishing. So like you just said, you could submit your manuscript to traditional publishers and um, based on what they say, based on the editing, like you get, um, if you get accepted and everything, you get like a certain amount of money up front and then they publish it. And then if it does well, then you get the rest of the money, stuff like that. Um, it's pretty difficult to get published that way from my experience personally. Um, so that's why I chose the avenue of self-publishing because I get a lot more control um, over what I do. And it's not like I'm waiting to be accepted or anything like that. So with self-publishing, it's it's definitely a good way to get a leg in, um, which is why I decided to do that first so are you going to just strictly this book in english or are you going to publish this in hindi as well um in other languages so people can read as well um so it's going to stay in english i don't write in hindi or gujarati um but i use certain words uh throughout the book that have to do with um you know words that we use in our common terminology um things that you can through context clues, figure out, like, when I say ba, that means grandmother, um, and you can tell through context clues that that's what I mean, so I call her ba, so stuff like that, um, I thought it was important to include the culture in there, um, but I don't think it would be possible, because I don't know how exactly it would translate, yes, exactly, (laughs) and I rely heavily on rhyme for my, my poetry, especially in this book, um, so yeah, it would be a little difficult to kind of maneuver that, I think. Okay, so are you, with this book uh, being um, successful as it is right now, how many copies already have you sold so far? Um, I've sold 30. 30? That's 30 so far. For being a self-published author, that's pretty good, pretty fast. Thank so you, yeah. you're shipping these out. Um, so what happens when you run out of books? You have to place an order for them to republish them? Yes. So uh, every time I run out, I just place a new order. As soon as they come in, I package them up and send them out immediately. So yeah. you're pre- pretty much handling all that yourself. You're packaging, taking yeah. orders in. So you basically how you're running your own business without realizing you're running Essentially, your own business. Essentially, yes. Yeah, that's true. And so there's a lot that comes with that. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of work because you're balancing work, you're balancing school, you're balancing your writing. Um, so you have one piece of work done. Mm-hmm. Now, with this, I know it took you a long time to get this book together. Mm-hmm. Are you working on something new already? Is there something in the back of your mind or pages that you've written down for the new book? A hundred percent, yes. I have always like like you said earlier like I'm the type of person who will start something and then kind of leave it alone for a while so I have a couple of projects in the making um like I mentioned earlier I want to go into things other than poetry as well so I have a sci-fi short story that I'm working on currently that hopefully hopefully will be a comic um and then after that I have a adult picture book that I'm working on I'm working on a novel in the meantime and then the second book in this poetry collection oh so, so this collection here how many books do you plan on having for it three oh there's gonna be three books three is what I'm thinking okay. yes yeah that's awesome that's yeah. awesome all right Pollock so what has been the biggest challenge that you found so far um, being a self-publisher 
definitely promoting myself. It is so such a weird thing for me, uh, being like going out to people and saying like, "Yeah, this is my book. Like, you should you should buy it." You know, like I'm just not that's not my personality type. Um, but my mom has been like really on me. She's like, you know, like you're basically starting a business, and when you're a business person, that's just what you have to do. Um, and you know, your work will speak for itself. You just got to be the one to push it out there. So that's probably one of the bigger things that I. So what I found so far is is that the people who are going to hate on you the most mm-hmm. are the people who look just like you. So Oof. yes, that yeah. and, and it's true because people want to see you do well, but they don't want to see you do better than they do. Ah, so true, so true. So they want you to be successful to a point, mm-hmm. but then after that, they're like, "Hey, you know, hey, good job." But yeah. they, you know, they they say they're going to support you, but mm-hmm. they don't support you. So I think that's the biggest issue when promoting yourself. Like me right now, I'm on IG, I'm on Facebook, right. um, Twitter, you know, uh, a lot of these these sites just to get myself out there. Right. And people don't realize, people are not going to be your friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, yep. They say they are, but they're not. They say they're going to support you, but they don't go out and buy your book. Exactly, you know I mean? yeah. They say, hey, good job on the book. Yeah. But they don't want to, you know, dish out a couple bucks to support you when it, when it comes to that. Right. So, but for you, I think the biggest thing for you is you just need to get out there. You need to, you have your website, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I think you need to get out there with, you know, some of these pages on IG, get your own IG page for the for the book. For sure. You know what I mean? Insert some stuff in there. You know Definitely, what I mean? Definitely, yeah. Just to get people attention when it comes to that. Target the uh, uh, um, Indian Americans that are here. For sure, as yeah. Well. I mean, I think that's a big thing. We have a lot of them. <laughs> we have a lot of them yeah. here in Rock Hill. There's a lot of Indian Americans here in Rock Hill right Definitely. now. Definitely. Um, but promoting, I think promoting's always been the the toughest thing for you and and for me. Yeah. Um, when when you're trying to start your own business and you're trying to get your feet off the ground with everything. Yeah. So, right now, besides the website, where are you promoting the book at? Mostly just social media. My Instagram is like my number one place. That's where I started putting poetry in the mm-hmm. first place. So I have like a main Instagram and then I have my uh, like poetry writing Instagram. So on those mostly is where I'm trying to push things out um, for sure. Uh, and I think that's mostly what I've been working on. That so what is the Instagram page for the for the book? For the So it's not specifically for the book, but my writing page is at uh, Pollock T underscore. So it's like at P-A-L-A-K-T underscore. So all my writers and all my future writers, uh, go go ahead and follow um, so you can, you know, support. Uh, and she'll do the same for, for folks that are, are trying to get seen and heard. Definitely. Um, so have you tried to mingle with any other writers to try to, you know, uh, promote yourself and that person, like a, crow, uh, a cross-promotion type deal? Um, absolutely. So I, I, I love working with other writers and other creatives. So wherever I can do collaboration, I'm all in. Um, so especially through that poetry Instagram, I've mm-hmm. been able to find so many people who are writers, who are editors. I have a great friend who reached out to me through there and is actually starting her own Instagram, uh, where she uplifts other writers and shows them places that they can submit work and stuff like that. So, um, it's been a really, really awesome experience because you can, you can go so far by yourself, but I think really becoming better is about collaborating with other people and elevating yourself that way. So I do everything I can to find other writers that I can work with. So what's the hardest part? What's the hardest part about the writing? Like what, what's makes it difficult for, for a young person out there that's trying to write and you're, you're young, you're 22, mm-hmm. but you have 10 years already of experience and you're 22 years old, yeah. which is amazing to me that you have this passion in you for so long. So if you have a young writer out there that's 12, 14 years old, 15, mm-hmm. trying to find a direction as to, to where they want to go, yeah. 
what advice would you give them? Right. So I would say write it all out. Like, don't worry about putting it anywhere or if it's good or not. You just got to write it down. Um, that's, I feel like the hardest thing because you get all in your head about it. Is it good? Do people actually want to read this? It doesn't matter. Write it for yourself first and then you can come back to it. If you don't like it at first, never, ever throw anything away. That's like the number one rule of writing. Never throw anything away because even if you don't like it in the moment, you're going to come back like a year or two later and be like, oh, that was a good seed of an idea. Maybe I can do something from there. Yeah, just like all the chapter books that I have sitting in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now, exactly. Right? <laughs> don't throw them away. You're going to come back to it. It's going to be great. <laughs> at some point. The, originally, I wanted to, uh, so with this podcast, originally we were going to be a digital magazine. Gotcha, That's yeah. That's how, how we were going to handle it at first. We were just going to do the same thing we're doing now, but we were going to do it on paper. Right. But I figure if you want to reach a broader audience, podcast is the way to go. For sure. Um, to get to get heard and you know, in some cases get seen because eventually the more we do this, we'll do video, you know, yeah. we'll have we'll do it live, we'll have video live on, on the podcast. Right. So it's just gonna take a little bit of time to, to to build that up. Definitely. So your book, your book, this has been, I mean, phenomenal for you. Yeah. Um was <laughs> it so is it for me this is therapy. Yeah. So me doing this podcast is therapy for me. It helps me focus. It helps me get everything out. So writing for you, is that your therapy? A hundred percent. Yes. Literally, uh, I think in general, it's important for people to write, whether it's journaling, whether it's writing in a specific medium, writing takes all of the, the like mess that's inside your head that you can't un untangle mm -hmm. and puts it out on paper so you can physically figure out what's going on in your mind. So if, when do you specifically write? So are you have to be in a certain mood? Like some people, they have to be depressed to write. Like me, I can write poetry, mm -hmm. but my mind has to be messed up. It's, I mean, it's, it's sad to say that, yeah. but I have mm, to yeah. be depressed. I have to be in a place where, you know, my mind is dark for me to be able to put that kind of emotion on, on paper like that. 100%. So for you, how do you focus that energy? When is it uh, the best time for you to write? Um, how do you feel? What are the emotions going through that make you, that inspire you mm -hmm. to put all that on pen and paper? Definitely. I would agree with you. It's in moments of just extreme emotion, whether it's happiness or whether it's sadness or depression, whatever it is, or anger even. Um, it's in those moments of just extreme emotion where it really comes out because it's hard to be vulnerable at all times. So in those moments where it's kind of coming through the cracks in your armor, that's when I feel like is like the best time to write poetry is especially um, in terms of just like writing in general. I love the morning time for writing. I love like a little hot cup of coffee um, and just like good vibes around me. I feel like that's like the best, um, that's like the best time for me to write. Mm -hmm. But no, I would definitely agree with you in that like emotion is, is like you, you really want to use that. So a lot of people out there that's listening. So use your emotion. If it's something that, you know, you feel down in your heart, it's something that you feel, you know, in your head that you need to get it out, get it out. Mm -hmm. So there's no specific time and no specific place. You can be on the sitting on the city bus and be yes. able to just take cliff notes, be able to write stuff down. So that is that what you do besides the morning? Like, let's say you have a thought. Let's say you're out getting coffee in the morning mm -hmm. or you're going to, you know, uh, Burger King and going to go get a Whopper. Yeah. And an idea pops in your head. Do you right away pull out your phone and, you know take a memo of what you, what's your idea is to write down a hundred percent. My notes app is so full. It's like my <laughs> most used app on my phone. I literally, any thought that comes to my head, how, no matter how small I just throw it in there because like I said, you will come back to it. And when you have a fresh mind, you'll think of something 
based off of that. So that, or I always have a notebook in my book bag or in my purse or whatever, um, because inspiration can strike at any time. So a lot of the poems in this book specifically were written like right before class started or um, on the bus, on the way to school. Like you never know when it's going to strike. So uh, I think it's really important to have something on hand to like get the idea down. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you can go back and edit or fix it. So how many copies do you want to sell before you set up like a reading, like where you can come in and you can sit, you know, have a reading of your book, um, like one of these coffee shops or one of these places Mm -hmm. where you can, I don't know, in the writer's circle, um, in the circles that you're running with writing, do they have things like that where you can set up a reading with other people's, they read um, inserts from their books? Um, Is there anything like that out there? So not that I know of. I actually did do like a poetry uh, reading on Instagram live right before it came out just as a way to promote it and um, kind of talk about what it's about. So people would be a little bit more interested in it. Um, I definitely want to do, you know, cause of the pandemic, I definitely want to do that again over Instagram live. Cause I feel like that's like the best way it reaches so many different people. You don't have to come out. You can literally just open the app and you're there. Um, so that's like the main thing that I worked on. And then also um, there are a lot of local bookstores and things like that, that are looking to promote and sell um local writers and local um, books and things like that. So I think um, after I get back to my hometown and, you know, kind of figure out which bookstores are willing to do that, I think that if enough copies sell there, then I might be able to do it at one of those places. So I hated Instagram. Okay. I I wanted nothing to do with Instagram. My wife, my wife is actually the one that um, said, hey, you need to go on Instagram. Yeah. You need to be able to go on Instagram and plug what you have um, Mm -hmm. for the page. Yeah. And I want nothing to do with it because to me, I thought it was just all, you know, regurgitated TikTok videos Mm -hmm. that they put on there. (laughs) But um, the power of Instagram is insane. To me, it's, it's, it's more powerful than Facebook and Mm -hmm. Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah. So more people go on there, more, you'll, you'll get more views of people on there. People like, and you can actually, you can reach more people through Instagram to me, then you can't Facebook. Absolutely. Because you get them from all walks of life. TikTok is all over the place. Exactly. Yep. So if you go live and there's enough people on your feed, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. getting the recognition. You can collab with other people on there as well. People yeah. can like your page without following you, um, but it still gets your page attention. Absolutely. So I've been harnessing, you know, IG. The, the tough part is, though, is the whole promotion thing. Yeah. You have to go on there and you have to add new content always. Always. Yep. You have to keep up because if you fall behind on that. People will forget. People forget you. Yep. You know what I mean? That's the toughest part because we're in a culture now where it's, we're a microwave generation. Yep. You know what I mean? Everything, everybody wants it now. <laughs> Short attention span. Short attention yeah. span. So you, you have to be, you know. they they, 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 they You have to be on it. Mm-hmm. So, but when it comes to podcasts, it's a little bit different. People will sit back and they'll listen to it on the drive home. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram, you got to put them videos out, you know, five second videos. Yeah, it can't you know, be too long. 10 second videos. Same thing with YouTube. Like YouTube, um, I have a YouTube channel as well for the podcast. Gotcha. But that's a tough platform right now. Yeah. Nobody's... Unless you're an early YouTuber, when mm-hmm. YouTube first started and you built that that up, yeah. it's kind of hard to get to get oh. views on, on on that. But I think Instagram Definitely. is a good place, especially for the book. You have a lot of people that's um, authors that are in that community yeah. on IG as well. So besides IG, what other um, social platforms do you use? I like Twitter as well. Twitter's a cool place. I think I think with any social media, there's like good and bads to it. Yeah. So it could be a little a little much sometimes, but like you said, I think that it's one of the most powerful tools we have right now, especially for small businesses and people who are trying to promote things. 
Um, so I think Instagram and Twitter are my most used for sure. So have you had any reviews on the book yet on um, Amazon yet? Has anybody reviewed the book for you? Um, not on Amazon. I believe that somebody left a review on my website. Okay. Um, but so far, like only recently did we get those books shipped out. Gotcha. So I'm still waiting on people to actually get them and then read through them and then get their feedback on it. So. Well, I, I hope that it's all positive. I, mean, I hope even, so too. <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, that's what we want. We want, but reality is you're going to find somebody that has something to say. Oh, for sure. For, there's always going to be somebody that's going to have something to say. Somebody's going to feel some type of way about the book Yeah. or, you know, People get it funded too easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, the work you're doing is the work from your heart. Absolutely. Uh, and some people just don't care. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No. So I think a, a lot of the times people have to be able to take that criticism oh, yeah. and keep moving. And some folks, I don't think they can handle that too well. Mm-hmm. But you seem like, hey, you know what the deal is already. Yes. You're, you know, you're you're from that you know millennial generation right now where it's <laughs> it's, you know, people get emotional. Yeah. And, and then, but you seem like you can handle yourself. Uh, when it comes to that, you don't let anybody get in your way. No, just, just no, keep no. moving forward. Absolutely. Push past the critics. Keep doing what you're doing. Be successful with everything that you're doing. For sure. Um, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Again, thank you. Her name is Pollock Trevetti. She is a self-published author. Her book, um, you can find it on my website. On her website, it is called Dandelion Queen. Um, it is a poetry book. It is the first book in the collection at three. So look out for the other two books coming soon. Um, Pollock, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you. You're welcome back anytime on the show. I appreciate it. Um, when the new book comes out, let me know. Um, like I said, you can find her bio. Uh, we'll uh, post some pictures, her bio on the website at franklyfrancisco.com. Um, we'll also have a picture of the book on there as well. Um, we'll have some pictures of her and her bio. Um, thank you again and folks you have a good day and we will see you on the next episode thank you